Spring Training 2021 is now in full swing. Live from Florida, Anthony Bass of the Miami Marlins joins us next on the Beat the Shift podcast, presented by Fangraphs. Welcome to another episode of the Beat the Shift podcast. I am your host, Ariel Cohen, and with me as always, Ruvain Guy. How are you, Ruvain? I'm doing great. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. We've got a special guest today. Uh, he is a pitcher on the Miami Marlins, entering his 10th year in the major leagues. Last year in the short 60-game season, he had a 3-5-1 ERA, a 1-0-1 whip in 25 innings pitched with seven saves for the Blue Jays. He produced a 62% ground ball rate and only gave up two barrels all season long. Welcome to the show, Anthony Bass. How are you? Gentlemen, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm pumped. Oh, so excited to have you. Um, uh, we were just talking before. Uh, sounds like you had a, a good clean inning today, uh, a good uh, start here to, uh, to the uh, spring training. Uh, how's it going so far? It's going well. Uh, meeting uh, my new teammates, uh, new coaches. It's been a really good transition coming from Toronto. They've been very welcoming of me to the team. The training staff, they're asking me uh, if there's anything they could do for me. Um, strength and conditioning coaches have been great, very open to, to my routines and what I like to do to, to make sure that my body's ready. So, so far, so good. My body feels strong. Um, I've pitched in three games so far, uh, trending in the right direction. My velocity's um, slowly ticking up as each outing comes and goes. Um, slider and, and, and my splitter are looking better and uh, just look to keep progressing until uh, April 1st there. Uh, last year, you were the man to be counted on uh, in Toronto uh, with uh, 26 appearances, which led the entire team amidst the uh, playoff stretch run. Uh, so just going back to last year, if you don't mind, you know, how was the whole 2020 experience dealing with COVID, the short season, the makeshift home park at Buffalo, and, and how did you enjoy the, the playoff experience? It was unique last year with all the challenges and obstacles that we had to endure. A lot of the things we weren't accustomed to um, as far as every other day testing and making sure that we're COVID free. And then also the six feet of distancing, wearing masks, um, living in a team hotel, encouraged not to live outside of the team hotel. Uh, it was very abnormal season, but um, after the first couple of weeks, you got the hang of it and it just became natural. And um, the Blue Jays did a great job of making uh, Buffalo feel as major league as possible, even though it wasn't the most ideal spot for us. Um, we made the best of it. And uh, I can't um, thank the Jays enough for really making it uh, as close to major league as possible. And following that crazy year last year, how did you approach this off season compared to prior years? Um, so this off season, I, I gave myself a chance to, to really rest up, uh, nothing, nothing crazy uh, different from years past. I know that this year is 162; it's not 60, so I know it's going to be more of a grind. Uh, thankfully, I've had experience doing that, so I know how to pace myself um, in spring training and throughout the course of the season. I know when to speak up if uh, if I need a day, if my arm's hanging, so I can finish the season strong and and give the team um, you know some added. Um, 
late leverage uh, situations there in, in October to help us, you know, get into the playoffs. So, um, you know, you've played for a number of teams throughout your career. And, you know, without giving away organizational secrets, you know, what, what are some of the differences you've seen from team to team in, in uh, the way they approach the pitching and the philosophies in general? Yeah, so um, it's the game's changed a lot. So I broke in the league in 2011. And when I broke into the league, it was all about um, fastball command, glove side with the Padres, um, keeping the ball down in the strike zone throwing a lot of strikes. Um, that's what we were preached. Um, and as I've evolved and the game has evolved, everyone's pitching at the top of the strike zone and everyone's all about spinning the baseball, um, getting those swings and misses. Um, and that's when I really had to like learn what works for me and what doesn't. Um, and I figured out pretty quickly that uh, I wasn't a huge high spin rate guy, so I needed to make adjustments. And uh, yeah, just over the years, you just kind of, can see um, how the games evolve. Really, um, most of the organizations run pretty similarly as far as the the pitching philosophies go. So that's not a, a huge change from organization to organization. And you spent 2016 pitching in Japan. How was that experience? And what did you pick up while you were there? Yeah, that was pretty much the turning point for my career. I uh, got my confidence back. I was uh, thrown out into the fire and had to learn a different style of baseball. Um, and once I learned how to effectively use my fastball inside to the hitters, both throwing it for a strike and using it to brush them off the plate, it made the plate look bigger and allowed me to really utilize both sides of the plate. Um, and then I learned to, um, throw a split finger over there by watching my teammate, uh, Shohei Otani. That was one of his better pitches. So I, I was able to watch how he used his and how he held his split to, to help me. Um, and when I came back from, from Japan, I just had a renewed confidence in myself and my abilities. And I felt like I could, um, get major league hitters out again. And one, one other thing you would probably had to change is that in the beginning of your career, you were actually a starter and now you're a reliever. What's the difference in how you prepare for a game at this point? Yeah. So that's interesting. You bring that up because I actually had to learn how to be a reliever in the major leagues, uh, coming up in the minor leagues, I was a starting pitcher my whole career. So it's not always easy trying to learn how to relieve in the major leagues. But as far as routine goes, um, I really listen to my body and how my arm feels, knowing um, if I can uh, stretch it out that day before the game, if I can play some long toss. I'm a big long toss guy. Uh, I think it really helps strengthen my shoulder and uh, to make it uh, free and open up. I'm a firm believer in that. But also, I'm also a believer in not throwing too much, um, maybe you know, being a reliever, you need to be, be available majority of the nights. So I'll back off the long tossing if uh, if I've been in games in consecutive days and uh, I'll back off and, and just go out and play some light catch before the game and, and make sure that I'm ready. You're listening to the Fangraphs Beat the Shift podcast here, and we're talking with Anthony Bass of the Miami Marlins. Um, so, you know, we do a lot of analytics over here at Fangraphs, obviously. Um, you know, my question to you is, how have you seen analytics change over the last five years in the way that it's supplied to you, in how you use it? Um, you know, what, what are your thoughts on, on what you're getting in terms of the numbers here? It's super beneficial. You can make adjustments very quickly, whereas when I first broke into the league, um, the hitters let me know if my stuff was good or not. Now I can throw a, a bullpen or a side and have a track man device 
and it, it'll tell me uh, my spin rates, my spin efficiency, velo velocity, obviously, um, how much horizontal break I'm getting on my slider, for example, and my two-seam fastball. So it's good to, to see um, those numbers so I can kind of manipulate maybe my grip or my release point on a certain pitch to make them uh, tunnel longer together or make them look as much alike as possible. Because that's the big thing is, is making your pitches look the same. Okay, and now um, you actually stopped using your changeup um, a couple of years ago when actually you went to the split finger when you were in Japan. Um, how did that come about? And is there anything new you're working on for this year, like a new pitch or a new grip or something like that? Yeah, my changeup, it was a very, probably more so below average major league pitch, honestly. I wasn't getting a whole lot of swings and misses on it. Um, wasn't able to really command it as well as I would like to. Wasn't able to throw it for a strike as often. So um, one of my high school teammates, Matt Shoemaker, uh, with, at the time was with the Angels. We were uh, catch partners in the offseason, and he started showing me how he threw his and how he held his um, because he always had issues trying to throw a circle change up. So I picked his brain, and, and I started throwing it probably in the offseason of 2014 going into 2015 uh, with the Rangers there. And I, I just kept throwing it, kept throwing it. It's one of those pitches where the more you throw it, the more of a feel you get for it. Um, it's still a work in progress. It's my third best pitch, but it's really allowed me to uh, neutralize left-handed hitters so they know that I have something kind of fading away from them that's slower. And then I also have my slider that's coming into them hard. And then also, obviously my two-seam fastball. So we had uh, Randy Dobnak of the Twins on earlier this uh, offseason, and we were talking about pitching coaches and how they affect them, and um, he was saying that his father was the most influential person to him in terms of uh, teaching him stuff and uh, being his own pitching coach. Do you have a favorite coach or a memorable coach along the way that really stuck with you and, and had the most influence on you over your career? Oh, man, I've had so many good pitching coaches and just so many – just positive people. I think that's the biggest takeaway is uh, the pitching coaches I've had that have really just um, made me feel like I was the best pitcher on the mound in that given moment, in that given day. Those are the ones that I, I remember the most. I think my uh, minor, my first minor league pitching coach, Dave Rasich, uh, with the San Diego Padres, I felt like he was a big believer in myself, even more so when, when I felt like I uh, wasn't that good. I felt like he thought I was the best pitcher he's ever seen. So um, he was very special in my career, especially being the first uh, pitching coach to really lay eyes on me. So he still watches me pitch and he'll text me from now and then and we'll, we'll continue uh, our conversations throughout the season if he sees anything that looks a little off. So he's probably been the most influential uh, pitching coach I've, I've had in my career. Well, that's fantastic. And speaking of impressions, are there any players or a player on the Marlins right Marlins right now that have impressed you so far this spring? There's there's quite a few, honestly. Um, the starting rotation that we have on this team, no one's over the age of 25 years old, and our our number five pitcher Trevor Rogers potentially is throwing sitting 96 to 98 in his first start with a wipeout um, was it wipeout changeup or slider? I can't remember, but. Um, I'm like, dang, like this is an impressive group of arms. So I'm really excited to see this group grow this year. Um, I know that 162 is a different animal. Uh, I also understand that, uh, for example, Sixto hasn't experienced uh, this kind of workload potentially. So 
Um, I know the staff understands that and they know, know this, so they'll be careful with his uh, workload this season, but that's, that's where we come in the bullpen, you know, pick up uh, any, any innings that they can't finish or need help with and, you know, get that team that, that win. So that makes you, that makes you the old man on campus, I guess. <laughs> I'm not the oldest. I'm older. <laughs> older. Yeah. You know, wanted to ask you, you know, you, you've been talking about, you know, workload and, and getting to it. You know, I think everybody is in a similar boat. The fact that last year was only a 60 game season. And, uh, you know, it, 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 we had, it wasn't just the fact that it was 60 games. It was start and stop. You had the two different spring trainings, the ramp up, ramp down. Um, you know, uh, we see that looking at the analytics, we see that pitchers innings have gone down. Starting pitchers innings have gone down uh, all throughout baseball. And, uh, you know, people are employing more of the raise type strategy where, you know, we're bringing in pitchers in different situations, taking out starters early. Do you think that that's going to continue into 2021 because of A, analytics and also B, because of just ramping up back from the short season last year? Yeah, I think teams will definitely be weary of, I think, younger pitchers. Uh, maybe the veteran starting pitchers, I think, will have a little bit more of a, uh, you know, you can go deeper into games, but uh, the younger guys might have a little bit tighter of a leash. Uh, I also understand that there's a trend in baseball that third time through the lineup for a starting pitcher statistically isn't the best. So you'll see a lot of quick hooks from organizations that are kind of built on that philosophy and, and are uh, basically um, buying into it. So you might be seeing uh, a lot of pitchers um, being pulled that third time through the lineup. And you mentioned the strength and conditioning coach that you were talking about. Um, there are a lot there. So far, I've seen a lot of rash of injuries and a lot of muscle injuries, not necessarily major injuries, but muscle injuries. Um, have they taught you anything new to keep your body in shape so that you don't fall into that habit of, let's say, pulling an oblique or having an issue like that? They haven't really like told me I need to change anything because my routine right now is I feel like it's pretty solid. I, I know what I need to do to be ready and compete the highest level possible. Uh, for me, it's more so making sure I, I maintain my body weight. I have a, a tendency to um, get get lean, uh, which isn't a bad thing. But in, in sports, you definitely need some fat. Um, you can't pull fat, as they say. You, you pull muscle. So. I need to make sure that I keep eating my food, um, making sure that I'm staying right around 12% of body fat is usually when I'm, I'm feeling my best. Um, so as of right now, they haven't tweaked any of my lifting programs or uh, how I warm up or prepare. They're just kind of more observing right now. But uh, I told them, look, I'm all open. If you have any idea or ideas for me that can help me, please let me know. So they, they understand where I'm coming from. Right. It's only been a few weeks into spring training so far, um, but are, are you told what role you would, you would be, an eighth inning, ninth inning guy, high leverage situation guy, or, or if not, you know, when do pitchers have these kinds of discussions with their managers in the preseason? Yeah, I haven't been told uh, an official role yet, but one thing when I did sign with the Marlins and they told me, look, we're bringing you in to pitch high leverage situations, whether it be the seventh, eighth, or ninth. Like, that's where we see you. Um, whether it's the inning doesn't really matter. It's, it's, I guess it's more so like the clump of hitters do up, say, say it's the, the eighth inning and you got the heart of the lineup up there. I, I could see that inning, you know, um, just depending on how uh, Don wants to, to play it out. But I, I, I look forward to uh, any challenge in the game and especially the high leverage ones are always fun to be a part of. Um, so whatever they need, 
uh, I'll be ready for. Right. What What is your first impressions of Don Mattingly so far? He's great. Um, super laid back. He, he's more. He's he's very uh, visual. He just likes to watch, see his players, especially the new guys, how we go about our business, uh, kind of what we feature. He was watching all of my bullpens before I got into my first game action, uh, just being very observant. And then um, I, I, you know, just in talking with him here and there, um, I like to hear a hitter's perspective on um, pitching and, and guys that have given him difficulty. So we kind of talked about that a little bit uh, one day, but um, he's all just observing right now and watching, uh, especially the new guys, how we go about our business. Well, Don Manningly actually won manager of the year in the National League because he helped the Marlins get into the expanded postseason last year. How do you think the NL East is going to shape out this year? It's going to be a dogfight, and I'm pumped. I, I mean, there you go. I think it's, I think it's going to be the best division in baseball, and as far as competition goes, uh, there's not a weak leak in this division at all. Every team's very good and built to compete in October. So I'm looking forward to the challenge, and I know if, if we want to be the best team, you got to beat the best team. So it'll be a good challenge for us, and especially the young group that we have. Fantastic. Um, you can follow everyone, uh, Anthony Bass, on Twitter at AnthonyBass52. Uh, you can follow myself on Twitter at ATCNY. My work is over at Fangraphs and at Rotoballer. And uh, you can follow Ruvain here at uh, MLB Injury Guru for all of the injuries that pop up in spring training and in the rest of the season. Um, one, once again, want to thank so much Anthony Bass of the Miami Marlins for coming on the Fangraphs Beat the Shift podcast. And uh, from all of us here, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Beat the Shift podcast presented by Fangress. Follow us on Twitter at beat underscore shift underscore pod.